Welcome everybody to High Gluttony. I'm Gretchen. And I'm Becca. And today we are talking about cannabinoids. It's cannabinoid time. (laughs) Since after our terpene episode, we had more questions than answers about cannabinoids, (laughs) we decided we'd better find some. And it's been a while since we've done a canna quest. Yes. So So, we were overdue for that also. Yeah, we did. We did think we were going to be doing this a little bit sooner than we are, but that's all right. We're here now. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Plus, I think we you're all so really here for the food anyway. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I was just going to say we had so much on croute to get through. We, that was, we, was a lot of on croute and, <laughs> and some pizza. And some pizza. Yep. So here we are, canna questing, talking about cannabinoids. We are going to talk you through a little bit of what we think they are, what their role is in the plant biology a little bit, most common types, how they interact with your body. We'll talk about a few more types of cannabinoids. And then we want to connect it a little bit to terpenes. And so we'll do a little bit of chatting about how these two interact with each other and with us. Yes. (laughs) We do like (laughs) how they interact with us. That's (laughs) why we're here. So you're smoking some pineapple haze to kick us off on our can of quest. I am. I am hoping that's a light enough pot. I don't typically smoke early in the day. I'm not a, I'm not necessarily a wake and baker. I've done it a few times. It's not mm-hmm. often. <laughs> it's a fun time thing for me. So, or just, you know, downtime thing. Although I do like to garden mm-hmm. while high. So that's usually, I go, I get a little high and then I go garden. It sounds nice. Yeah, it is nice. Might do that a little later today. Though I did decide I was going to make some Detroit-style pizza, so I'm going to be doing that later. Because I feel like awesome. my parents, I haven't done that since my parents got here, and my dad keeps talking about pizza. And so I was like, you know what we should do? We should do Detroit-style pizza. Although you might try and yeah. make me put things on it that I don't want to put on it, and I'm going to have to be very <laughs> firm about not putting anything on it this time. I'm like, no, you must enjoy this in its purest form first. Yeah, you should make two. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll probably have enough dough for two. We um, made it the other weekend and we made two, but we have uh, just a 10 inch cast iron. So it's perfect oh, to make so, two with. It's a good size. That is, hmm. maybe I need more pans. I don't know. Mm-hmm. That's often the solution. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're talking about cannabinoids. We are talking about cannabinoids. <laughs> Somewhere along the line, we'll talk about cannabinoids. We will. Yeah. <laughs> It's what we're here for. I felt like a pizza side was good because we just had our pizza. We just released one of our lost episodes. So, you know, yep. tie it together. But Especially uh, yeah. if you're making it and I just made it. I'm sorry. I just, because of what you wrote, one of the, the other podcasts I listened to, Savor, that does mm-hmm. all the, they're like a food podcast, but they like do deep dives on single subjects every time. They basically have a little magical thing that they read at the beginning, that's like a little magical, like, what are they? And so that's what I keep hearing in my head every time I read it. So I'm like, what are they? And I'm trying desperately not to rip off their podcast. Right. So maybe you should say it. Okay. We're going to talk about what they are. What we think they are. are. Yeah. Our interpretation of the science on this, which is to say the least, a bit on the rough side. Yes. Like. Yes. We will put our resources up on the website. We found them. Yeah, there's quite a few. We pulled from a lot of places. 
a lot of them were very scientific based and a lot of them were pharmacology based. So we have tried to understand that as best we can and interpret it back out. Please let us know somehow, email us, tell us anywhere what we have got wrong and what we can learn better and, or um, just send us resources. I said this last time, but we really, you don't have to do work for us. Just send us a resource. And we'll- We're happy to read. I, well, when yeah. I get time, I love reading or watching videos. Videos are good. I do like a video also supplemented with reading material because then we're getting two sources of mm-hmm. information. Yeah. Okay, we want to start off by talking about what we think cannabinoids are. And I want to first say that I did not realize that THC is a cannabinoid. Yes, THC is a cannabinoid. And be prepared, (laughs) listeners, to listen to me say cannabinoid wrong so often. It's a challenging (laughs) word for me. I don't know why my my tongue likes to bounce around off those end a few few extra times for some reason. Just be aware. It's my disclaimer. I'm sorry for the way I pronounce cannabinoid <laughs> at least 50% of the time. <laughs> so, yes, THC is the main cannabinoid in marijuana plant. There are 80 to 100 types of can cannabinoids 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 i just said it in the marijuana plant there are 80 to 100 type of cannabinoids and 300 non-cannabinoid chemicals as part of your 300 other non-cannabinoid chemicals that's your terpenes and other things i'm sure we don't even know about yet and things they haven't discovered yet also this is true because they just discovered the cannabinoid system and cannabinoids themselves is that right that might not be right they, the endocannabinoid system they found that in ni- the 1990s which is the, our internal cannabinoids in endocannabinoid system right right which is why when we smoke cannabis cannabis <laughs> i come up with a whole new way to pronounce it Maybe oh just God. every time we have to say it, I'll just point at you and you'll say it because at least okay. it's not us. <laughs> we'll just have you say it once and then we can edit that <laughs> one in every time. <laughs> that might be what happens. So if it sounds weird every time, people, that's because we'll just take the one that sounds good and put it in everywhere it needs to go. Moving on. So, yes, we end up endocannabinoid system was discovered in the 1990s. So that's that's relatively new science as far as the, our understanding of how cannabis even works as with it, interacting with our systems. And that's why we just don't know as much about marijuana as we probably should at this point. Or as, yeah, as we could definitely and should for sure because of the way we're learning more and more about the positive benefits of it. We'll talk a little bit more about the endocannabinoid system in a bit because that's kind of something we think yeah. we understand, but <laughs> we're going to talk it through a little bit. Also, we're uh, but don't worry. Yeah. 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 Don't worry. We're mentioning it here, but we'll try to get into it a little bit more. One interesting thing about the cannabinoids, if you'll remember from our terpene episode, we talked about trichomes and Gretchen drew that really great illustration of a penis. I mean, of the trichrome <laughs> with the, the terpenes and the, yeah, the cannabinoids in it. And so terpenes and cannabinoids are produced 
in the trichome of a cannabis plant. Right. Yes. All together. It's all in there. <laughs> so e- each cannabinoid has a specific structure, which attributes to the different ways that it interacts with your body, or as you wrote it in the outline, unique physiological properties in humans. I, st- I took that from one of the resources. <laughs> okay. So that. maybe you didn't write that. I was like, I don't know. I think that just means how our bodies interact with it. Right. That's how I would I think, that. yeah. And I think each cannabinoid has a specific structure that interacts with properties inside us. And I think slight differences in the structure can result in different impacts on the body. Right. Coming around to our two most common types. And we're talking about as far as plant makeup goes here. So percentages, THC and CBD. So if you have been using marijuana in any form for, well, probably even if you don't use marijuana, you've probably heard of THC and CBD. Now, CBD is the one they make a big deal about being able to put in different products. Uh, CBD is the second most common. So they actually kind of work together. And so when you're buying marijuana, you sort of want to look for something that has a comparable CBD to THC level. Oh, I just realized something. Hold on. I might be really smart here in a second. So there are products that they make like these, I was going to say these Layoon ones. You're talking about vaporizers? Yeah, these little vaporizers. So they measure the cannabinoids by grams. Sorry, I'm I'm learning something on the fly here, people. You're going to have to bear with me. (laughs) In this vape pen from Leon, one of my favorites, Desert Gold. I love it. Makes me feel super creative and it's nice, like good daytime high. So this has like the actual percentages and grams of THC to CBD. Total micrograms, there are 233.675 micrograms in here. And then there must be something else in there because it's 93% of this product. So there's something else in it, but I don't know what that is. Some sort of thing, carrier thing maybe. So the total THC grams are 220 grams of THC in this thing, microgram. Total CBD is CBD is 1.725 micrograms. Say the THC again. THC 220. CBD was 1.7? Yeah. So like 1%? Right. But sometimes they have products that are like labeled as like two to one, uh, Mm -hmm. one to one, or Mm -hmm. zero to one. So it's like that's your THC CBDs portions. It's the ratio. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm just going, okay, so this actually has a super low proportion of CBD to THC. Now I'm like, where are the rest of my containers? Because I want to see what the proportions are on those. Mm-hmm. Uh, or do you want me to stay I'm here? A- well, focus. <laughs> well, we could do all those things. Okay. Um, we can do all those things. We're high. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. I'm going to go get my other pens. Okay. Because I, since I, I grow my own, I don't have a measurement on THC to CBD. Ooh, oh. mm-hmm. All right. I've got three, three of these. They do have a new one that they're making called naked that I'm going to have to try because it must be, oh, I ripped the label off of, oh, I ripped the label off of both, all three of these, damn it. (laughs) Oh, 
Oh, so this one transcend, which I don't have the lid for, so I forget what the name of it is. It says transcend on the side, but it says it's three to one THC CBD. And then nothing. Nope, nothing. <laughs> Lame. I was very excited about that. Guess I'll just have to order more. But, I guess you um, have to get research. Yeah, the research. <laughs> Business expense. <laughs> <laughs> One day. Anyway, I'm looking at a jar of OGKB from MPX Cultivar, and they have percentages, not like gram breakout nice. to total, but just percent to total. And this is a THC of 25.2%, and there's no CBD, it's zero. And they also have CBN, which is... Oh, so that one has CBN in it, interesting. It can't, it, it's 0%, but they, they do measure it, which I have not paid attention to before. I keep getting, I keep making this mistake that it's CBD that sort of works to balance the THC. And right. I think they said that CBN does have some sort of effect, but they're not a hundred percent sure. And I, but yeah, CBN like somehow like helps, is that the one that it sort of helps sort of coat the THC almost and like help it interact in a slightly different way is I think what I remember reading when we were reading about that the other day. Something like that. This says that it is, it's pretty rare. It has a unique chemical structure different from other cannabinoids. It occurs naturally in the cannabis plant. It says as a degradant of THC, as the plant dries and THC is exposed to air, light, and heat, CBN is produced in trace amounts. However, as opposed to THC, CBN is generally accepted as non-psychoactive. Okay. And, and I mean, CBD is also regarded as non-psychoactive. It just, so the, the effects that CBD tends to be attributed to, it's an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory. So that's why they, with people with inflammatory diseases like I have, um, they do really recommend CBD. And I guess we could get into a little bit of me not necessarily, but I have a theory about this now, feeling like <laughs> CBD works. Mm-hmm. in any sort of way. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's because it doesn't have any psychoactive. And so I'm like, well, I don't feel high. Therefore, I'm not getting any benefit. I mm-hmm. think partly that's due to, I'm not sure if it has enough effect that if it doesn't help sort of numb the pain that I'm not necessarily thinking it works. Do you have any idea right. what I'm saying? <laughs> I think so. I think you're saying, so some of the effects of CBD like Gretchen said, are also, um, in addition to anti-inflammatory and antioxidant, they can help with anxiety, movement disorders, and alleviate some neuropathic pain from people who are suffering from multiple sclerosis. So it's almost more like physiological effects as opposed to just a psychoactive response. Mm -hmm. And you've trained yourself to expect a psychoactive response. And that's why you're not, you're not focusing on like, is it actually helping with the inflammation around my joints? But maybe you're not feeling like a pain relief from that, but it's helping in ways you can't, yes, you're not tuning yourself to yet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm okay. trying to say. Yes. Okay, good. Okay. I was like, okay. <laughs> how meandering is this right now? Am I getting my point across strongly? Thank you, Becca, again, <laughs> for your ability to translate from the mad Gretchenist brain to English. 
that's what I do. I have a Gretchen translate. <laughs> well, then I have to learn it. I'm like, okay, I got to learn what she's saying real quick. Yeah. All right. Do I know what she said? <laughs> One yeah. thing that's interesting, THC isn't technically a cannabinoid until after it's harvested. Before that, it's this other thing called, we don't know, I don't know how to say this, CBG, cannabigerol, cannabigerol. Oh, bigerol, yeah, this, we, we were bigerol. debating how the, yeah, the, the pr- pronunciation, which we did not, I did not look up. So let's spell it, ready to go. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're there, can you spell it? Yep, C-A-N-N-A, B as in boy, I, G as in giraffe, E R O. L C B G. Maybe you should ask my dad. Okay. We'll ask him and come back to it. Yeah. But yeah, interesting. So it's not a cannabinoid until it's harvested. Is CBD always a cannabinoid? Now, when Becca and I were discussing this episode earlier in the week, I came across several things that I thought I understood that I understood wrong. So I will preface what I'm about to say with that because this is my understanding of it, but I might not be fully getting the concept. So as far as I, from what I've read, TH, so THC comes from the THCA. From my understanding, basically everything that's a cannabinoid, once you harvest the plant, starts out in the plant in a different form that starts the conversion once the plant is harvested. Okay, interesting. Now, as I said, there were several things that we were, when we were discussing it, I realized that I had read something in a different way than I went back. And when I read it the second time, that I had a different, different understanding. Right. So, so our so understanding on all this is evolving <laughs> pretty much. It's fluid. <laughs> moment to moment, people. So. <laughs> Harvesting is a, a big part of getting those cannabinoid like they uh, they have a different form in the plant prior to harvest because they are decarboxylated and so decarboxylation I did not realize I thought it was a specific to heat decarboxylation which is really just anytime something a conversion is initiated or catalyzed by heat light or alkaline conditions which is basic to the basic side <laughs> one interesting thing also is that So we do know that THC binds to internal receptors in our body, but they are still learning a lot about how CBD interacts with the endocannabinoid system. And some people believe it could, there's a theory that it could bind to a receptor that hasn't been discovered yet. Yes. That was very cool. Specific receptors that we know THC binds to, which is uh, like what CB1 and CB2. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, they're, they're not exactly sure how we, you know, how it gets into our brain and does what it does to our brains, but, or brain slash bodies. So, right. So maybe we should talk a little bit more about how it does affect our bodies and interact with the, maybe, maybe describe the endocannabinoid system now, or did you have anything else to say about CBD and THC? So my only, the only thing I was going to point out is that we kind of didn't talk about like why there the theories between as to like why plants actually de- like these plants develop THC in the first place mm-hmm. so or are the evolutionary ideas behind like why they think the plant actually developed this because it's sort of interesting there's this plant that has this one component to it that works so perfectly with our bodies but 
chocolate also has cannabinoids in it. So like, <laughs> interesting, because it, it's just a type of chemical. But I think it's pot that has like the most, no wait, that was something from that video I watched earlier, which it did say it is a cannabinoid. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, no, got back to the point. <laughs> <laughs> the theory why, or at least the, the three primary theories on why they think these plants developed THC in the first place. So number one, they found that actually THC is pretty good blocking UV rays. So they think that the plant may have initially developed it to protect itself from you, the, the UV rays and being able to use the UV rays more beneficially, uh, partially because I think it, genetically the plant itself probably started at a higher altitude. So there's just the theory that they, they've kind of thrown out there. Nothing, none of these are proven. We may never know the answer to these, but they're different theories. So number one. That is, so, that is so cool. Isn't it? And so theory yeah. two is because they've also found it to have antibacterial effects that it like was developed in the plant to protect it from bacterial infection. And then number three, which is kind of the most fun theory and from <laughs> just like, it's like, that's fucking best is it developed as a defense mechanism so that if you had an animal that came and ate the plant or a <gasps> bug that it would get stoned and forget where the plant was. If that's like part of it, that's fascinating. So. I love that. I hope those are all true. I know. I it's like we find out. <laughs> so yeah, there. You know, it's like it's super interesting to think about. You know, it's this weird chemical that probably. It didn't evolve to get people high, you know, like that's not right. what it evolved to do originally. It's just right. somewhere along the line, we figured out that it did this thing and we like it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's a real nice bonus in addition to these other cool things that it does. Yeah. So yeah, I, it'll be interesting if we could ever discover that, but I I was, I thought it was interesting. Um, I think I did know about the anti biotic effects from it, but I didn't know about the UV thing. So that's sort of, I didn't either. I think we read, a, it, there was one of the terpenes that had antibacterial properties. Oh, that's probably true. Which is cool. Super interesting. I'm glad I, you shared that. Because you, you, you'd written something along that line up at the top. And I was like, you know, we never really kind of found an answer to that. Let me see if I can find one. And so I was like, oh, I found one. And it's super interesting. <laughs> super cool that's that but yeah so now now I feel like we can move on because we've moved out of it comes from plants now we think we have a, a, a basic idea of why it may have developed in plants and um now what we they what the two major types are yeah that they only discovered the endocannabinoid system in the body in the 1990s and now we can kind of go into the interaction of the two in your body. So yeah, I think we're yeah. ready for that. <laughs> okay. So I'm going to read this. The endocannabinoid system is a unique communications system found in the brain and body that affects many important functions. It is made up of natural molecules known as cannabinoids and the pathways they interact with. All right. So, okay. Oh, so your, your endocannabinoid affects lots of different things. So your mood, memory, sleep, appetite, which are all things that 
and abyss can help with. Mm-hmm. We also found somewhere along the line that it can help with the or effects for reproduction and fertility. That was new information. Super interesting. And that they can have a similar effect to opioids on the body by interacting with specific receptors that are located in certain parts of your central nervous system. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Gingers. Gingers on Gretchen's lap. <laughs> I had to get a cat situated. <laughs> Should be a part of it. <laughs> Essentially, what they really are <laughs> is a communication tool for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> They're text messages. They're text messages. <laughs> like it. I was going to say marriage therapists, but <laughs> I do, uh, text message is a much better explanation, I think. <laughs> the therapist in the therapist office is the endocannabinoid system. <laughs> Tell us how to talk to each other. Tell us how to talk to each other. <laughs> I think text message is a much better way. <laughs> Great analogy for it. <laughs> I mean, come on. What? How else would you put going to therapy with someone else? How you send, receive, or process messages. That's what therapy's for. Regulate how self communicate. Exactly. <laughs> Thank you, cannabinoid therapist. <laughs> well so i think you all know the endocannabinoid system pretty well now at least as well at least as well as we do because all we're gonna do is be like it's like therapy in your body (laughs) no wait it's a text message okay you got it you get it right you get it right (laughs) <laughs> we're doing great oh we're we are awesome good. all right anyway <laughs> after all that cannabinoids are metabolized in your liver but interact with your brain but interact with your brain so what are the sources of cannabinoids now i'm gonna have to look up the wait i'm gonna have to look this up hello we have a thing called the internet uh <laughs> According to research done at Neurosciences Institute in San Diego, California, chocolate contains pharmacologically active substances that have the same effect on the brain as marijuana. It is now understood that anadamide naturally occurring within chocolate binds to cannabinoid receptors. So it's not quite a cannabinoid, but it interacts with the endocannabinoid system. Right. So... Kind of hard to say. This is from a website called Brevard Hemp. <laughs> okay. See, we've got lots of sources. Really trusted, vetted. Super vetted. Oh, really vetted so hard. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so I've decided Moving on. <laughs> So we, we have another section called types of cannabinoids, but I think we're just really dr- trying to describe where cannabinoids come from. So that's why the chocolate slash cannabinoid question came up just now. Hi, bunny. Hi. Oh, I just got a bunch of poops. 
Oh. <laughs> their little nose. Oh. Me a bunch of times. One of Gretchen's bunnies. Who was yeah. that? Aria. Aria. We had a long pet sesh last night, so she's my friend right now. Oh, that's fun. I don't know if we've said it in a while, but Gretchen has three bunnies and four cats. Three. Three cats. I always say four. Three cats. I think you just still think Gilligan's here. I, I just, you haven't, yeah. You haven't spent enough time here since there hasn't been a Gilligan. I've had three bunnies way longer and way more amount of time that you've known me than I've had two bunnies at a time. I think you just are set in the, you have three bunnies and four cats mode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like how my grandma was like 55 years old my whole life. I just yeah. like, that was when I learned how old she was. And then I always thought that's how <laughs> that, old she was. That's how old she was. And that's and how she old was she 80. Is. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, what? No in between. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but there are some interesting types of cannabinoids. As far as where, where they come from. Where they come from. Or how they're produced, I guess, would be a okay. better way. How this are cannabinoids produced? Yeah, because. How are cannabinoids produced? So you have your, your natural sources cannabis and hemp. So cannabis has THC, hemp. Generally, I don't think hemp produces any THC at all, but it can produce a lot of CBD. So most of the products that you find that are like in any rando store that have CBD in them, and by rando store, I mean like Target and like I've seen shit at Whole Foods now. So Mm -hmm. those things usually have hemp CBD in them, which is how you can get around the ridiculous fucking laws in this country. <laughs> Got it. Got it. How, and so hemp is extracted from the stem. This says. I don't know if that that's true. I because oh uh, hemp fiber fibers yes. Oh the fiber okay fiber now because I'm I'm just more familiar with marijuana plants or cannabis plants although cannabis hemp is cannabis covered in that family. I don't know if that's going to make sense later. <laughs> So hemp and we'll call them hemp and marijuana. We'll just leave it at that. Are both cannabis plants. So they're both in the same family because they both produce cannabinoids, I think is part of it. Why they call them that. Don't quote me on that. I don't actually know. One of these days we'll so, do a history lesson. <laughs> we need to. There's, so, yeah. there's, yeah. We need like history of the plant and then like history of the plant in the US. Yeah. <laughs> so I have a question then. So hemp, so if hemp is grown just to be used for rope or have you seen hemp creep, like concrete that's part hemp? No. Oh my no. god, it's the coolest thing. It is so cool. I'm fascinated by it. But hold on. Okay, so so while you're looking that up, so hemp can be grown and it's just a plant that's grown for these purposes, like for ropes, concrete, paper, these kind of things. And then you have a cannabis slash marijuana plant that is grown and can, there's parts of it that can still be extracted as hemp, but it's primarily what we see when we buy like flour in a store. Mm-hmm. Okay. So hemp can be its own thing, but hemp can still be extracted from a cannabis plant. Yes, technically. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're because what we think of as hemp fiber. Hey, fun fact, didn't know this. Dad just enlightened me. During World War II, they actually required farmers to grow hemp so they could use it for rope. Well, that's a little bit of hidden history. No shit, right? This is why we have a history episode. Yeah, with your dad, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay. So there's the natural types, cannabis, hemp. Hemp produces CBD, but not THC. So that's why so many hemp products or CBD products out there now is because if you extract it from hemp plants, it's stupid. Stupid rules. Anyway. (laughs) Does it have the same effects regardless of? Theoretically, yes. It should. Yeah. That'll have to be something I'll have to look into is if there's a difference. Now there are also lab produced, which I believe they're chemically produced cannabinoids. That's another way to do it. And and I discovered when doing research for this episode, there's a com- at least one company out there that's uh, uh, in Montreal, Canada, that's working on creating yeast strains that grow cannabinoids, which is just so crazy. And there's so much logic to it. And this is from the, the episode is from Canna Insider is the name of the podcast that I was listening to, which was it. So it's got a lot of sciencey things on there, but that, I haven't listened to any other ones yet. Oh, hi, Pod. Oh, <laughs> just jumped into the room, like came through the door, like, Ta-da! I am here now. <laughs> this thing. He likes to do that. When I was laughing earlier, Aria likes to carry, they have these hay cubes and Aria likes to carry them around the house. And so she had run into the room with one from, I'm assuming from their room down at the other end of the house. She had (laughs) gone and got it and brought it down here to eat in front of me. And then she like picked it up and moved it a couple feet more. It's like, what are you doing? Couldn't just go eat that in your room? No, bring it down here. (laughs) Rabbits, they're so much fun. (sighs) So much fun. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, they, so they can produce it. They can grow it on yeast now. Yeah, which is, yeah, that is amazing. It's fairly interesting because you can get a really consistent product. Apparently, you can produce a couple grams a week in that method, which is just awesome. You know, it's it's just so interesting how they're like technology and just. Science. Science is so fucking cool. It's super cool. And I think we have a couple other ones listed here that are all synthetic, like lab produced. Right. And a lot of them seem to be synthetic versions of THC. And I think they're pro- most of them are for pharmaceutical use. They've been mm-hmm. used mm-hmm. for chemotherapy patients in order to help with nausea and that sort of stuff. And sort and- of specialized pain management. I don't think any yeah. of these... So yeah, the first one was produced, as far as I can tell, was produced in 1988. And then it looks like what at least one of these was discovered by accident because it, a synthetic cannabinoid, one of these was identified in an individual from late 2014 after they pulled samples from them after they died, after they used a product containing the substance. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. So that's how they put it. Yeah. There was one other cannabinoid a uh, synthetic cannabinoid, I think, that was created in 1994, which is interesting because that shortly after the endocannabinoid system was discovered. Right. And those were synthetic cannabinoids created to study cannabinoid receptors. Well, I want to learn more about that. Well, we will. We'll have to. At some point. We will. Can't learn yeah. everything yeah. all at once. I mean, as nice <laughs> as that would be, but <laughs> are you laughing at me or the cat? Both. Yeah. <laughs> Ginger is, she's all on on Gretchen's lap, her tail's all over my face, face, shoulders. Yeah, she's really happy. She's really happy. (laughs) Kitty, aren't you? You're a good kitty. Yes, you are. I guess we're down to uh, what we we had talked about before, terpenes and cannabinoids. So I think one inch, yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I'll try and be fast. 
I think that's it's interesting because if you're synthetically producing cannabinoids and only cannabinoids, which when the guy was talking about doing it with the yeast, those terpenes wouldn't be produced. But you could also, as far as I could tell, you could also synthetically reproduce terpenes if you tried hard enough. Because I mean, it's just all about, produ- it's a chemical. So it's mm-hmm. just like getting the chemical formulation or figuring out how to formulate the chemical. Mm-hmm. So if you ever really wanted to study this, you would need to like combine, figure out some way to test the efficacy of putting, you know, certain percentages of things together. And I think, I think that is where the science is heading since they're now beginning to study both these things a little bit more and trying to figure out how they work together that I think down the road that, that you're definitely going to get to a point where people are experimenting with, well, we know this much about this terpene. So let's just put this tea, these, this cannabinoid and this terpene together. And what happens with that? You know? And so, right. If the, you know, the world doesn't burn down first before we get to that level of. <laughs> right. Keep smoking. <laughs> yeah. I think it's interesting. We're both using red lighters today. Yeah. It's a red lighter day. <laughs> Thank you, Bic. Unofficially yeah. sponsored by Bic. Because <laughs> they, they are saying they like create specific yeast strains with specific combinations of things. And mm-hmm. that they, he was also talking about how they were trying to find, be able to do yeast strains with like some of the more rare cannabinoids that are only produced in such small percentages and of in plants, like you would have to grow like hundreds and hundreds of pounds of flour to get like a gram or a couple of grams. And so being able to produce each cannabinoid in bulk would give you a better ability to study each of those things to understand how they work in the body. I mean, it's, it's just some scientific exploration that we really shouldn't turn our back on because you never know in this world what's going to be discovered and lead to the next big cure. And so the power of plants, the power of plants, we have to believe in the power of the plants, people. We do. We do. We already do. We already do. So it's interesting then though. So our next section really is kind of just about how terpenes and cannabinoids work together. And when you find the right combination can have pretty significant effects on your body. And I'm wondering with the separation of the two, yeah, what that impact is. And I think that's kind of what you were saying too. And that's where it's so in- right. Because like that, there's so much power in understanding the individual cannabinoids and creating those with intention. And it doesn't feel like enough is being studied or paid attention to what the entire plant effect is cohesively or what these all pieces need to be synergistic and that they amp each other up or bring each other down. And if you separate that connection, it can lose the power in one or the other. Right. But, but also if you don't separate those parts out, then you'll never have that full understanding of how it works. So they're, they're, you know, it's like, so I am definitely like, okay, I think they, they do sort of understand that having the whole, like it is a combination effect, especially now that they talking more about the terpenes and how like they know mm-hmm. that those have an effect. And if you guys want to go back and re-listen to terpenes after this, you probably mm-hmm. will. I might have to do that just to refresh myself. I should have done that earlier today or yesterday. We should have. Think about that. But yeah, having an understanding that 
it's not just a THC. I think they're really coming around to that. It's like, it's not just this one thing that has gotten so much attention for so long, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that's only a part of the equation. Part of what I'm trying to say, and I think you're kind of getting my idea here is that the, the fact that we're able to like be able to grow these individual cannabinoids from a yeast and then study them is going to just uh, refine our understanding of the plant as a whole. So like that, that sort of research really does need to continue to happen because mm-hmm. the more you understand certain aspects, then the more you can understand how it works as a whole. It's kind of right. like, here's an analogy for you that I think kind of works, but like listening to like a flute solo from a piece of music versus Mm -hmm. the whole orchestra playing together. Like you need an expert still on the flute. (laughs) And once you hear that expert with all of the other experts, it's a completely different experience. Right. So you need both things. It's just the understanding that makes there. That's a great analogy. Thank you. I thought that was good. It's really interesting because it's it's nice that we sort of started with terpenes because then we understand that because the cannabinoids actually got so much attention for the longest amount of time is that I think mm-hmm. they were maybe just because they were more interesting to study because terpenes exist in everything. Maybe well, that's and why. people I think people were afraid of THC too or told to be afraid of it. Well, and for in sure. that way, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And in that way, it was deemed something that like had to be understood by science because right. people were feeling like they didn't want to listen to the government anymore. What? Mm. Huh? Huh? <laughs> that sounds familiar. <laughs> so THC was a major focus for a long time. And then CBD became a big topic of conversation. And now terpenes are being folded into the bigger picture perspective. So I'm glad we talked about terpenes too first, because once we connected it to lemons and herbs and trees and even insects, it's helped me have a better understanding then of how to approach cannabinoids. Even though we both kind of were like, what? <laughs> yeah, I don't we didn't, understand we no what's happening here. This. It was, yeah. We, yeah, we started and I thought I had a much bigger idea of how I was going to start. And then we got together on Wednesday and I was like, I have no fucking idea. I didn't know THC was a cannabinoid. I feel like I have looked into this and it was not clear to me anywhere right away that THC is a cannabinoid. I was like, okay, so how do these three things work together? And then Gretchen was like, no, there's what. What are you talking about? Three things? <laughs> like, because we were talking in circles, I think, for 10 minutes before I really got, oh, <laughs> right, exactly. So if you're like me, I hope that was helpful to say that right up front. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Having that understanding is really important. <laughs> so. so that helps when you're talking about cannabinoids. <laughs> That's true. Not that my comprehension is, is super high on most of these things, but it's, <laughs> but I'm super high. So that was, that's a point in my favor. <laughs> so I think that kind of wraps up our, our, our probably first uh, go over of cannabinoids. They will for sure come up later because we're going to have to get into decarboxylation and we'll have to probably talk this all through a second time, at least right. on a briefer scale. Right. But I I definitely have a better understanding now of what they are, what their role is, 
how they sort of interact with us. I even learning more about the endocannabinoid system, all of that was fairly new to me too. So this was fun. I had a good time too, especially after I started really actually understanding what I was reading, which was definitely not <laughs> what was happening at first. But. <laughs> I, it was better, Gretchen and I do our, some research and then we meet and talk it through a few days before we record. And I think the talking it through helped a lot. Yes, I for both of us. Cause I was mm-hmm. like so bogged down and this is what the atom looks like. And this is the <laughs> chemical and, da, da, da. <gasps> and so like yeah. you actually helped reel me back from going down like <laughs> too sciencey of a path that I didn't understand. Like I wasn't ready. For, I'm not ready for that. I might be closer now, but I'm still not ready. So, so that helped. That helped help frame it for us a little bit. So we hope you enjoyed it. You hope we hope you learned something. At least you have the knowledge now that we have. If you have a lot more, again, please share uh, your resources with us. We'd love that. I guess uh, we will talk to you guys next time when we are working on our going back to the original high gluttony dinner, basically, and producing Monty. So oh that'll gosh. be the next episode, I believe. We're going to Turkey. At least talking about Turkey and making maybe something else from Turkey. We're not sure yet. Exactly. We don't plan. Well, we had lots of plans at one point and now we have no plans. We've basically thrown the entire plan out and made a new one (laughs) that keeps changing. This is just what we do. (laughs) This is how we do it now. (laughs) This is how we do it now. But check us out on highgluttony.com. We'll share all of our resources again from this episode. We've got Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Find us in all those places. We hope you're enjoying High Gluttony so far. We've been having fun. We, I think this one is going to be our 13th or 14th release. I, uh, I think so. I don't know. I'd have to count. We didn't have numbers on our on series, so now I'm very confused about <laughs> Oh, I'll add those. Let me go add those. That's okay. confusing. It's also confusing because our can quests aren't categorized yeah. with our sort of episodes. episodes. Yeah. yeah. Come here for the confusion, stoner talk, <laughs> and uh, random bullshit. That's what you're here for. Just so you're aware. You can also join us on high. <laughs> yeah. We already said highgluttony.com. Uh, I keep thinking about joining Twitter. I don't know. I love Twitter. I don't know. I don't know if I can do one more thing, but I, I might have to. So yeah, that's hard. (sighs) Sidetrack, sidetrack, taking the train (laughs) down the sidetrack. We will have jingles. There will be jingles (laughs) at some point in time. (laughs) So CannaQuest, we hope you've enjoyed it. We've been on quite a journey. It's been a journey and the journey continues. Mm -hmm. Next time. Yeah. Join us next time. We're going to Turkey. Yay.